Hello, everyone. Welcome to the new episode of Sunrise Podcast. Alexander, how are you doing today? Hi, Vlada. Hi, everyone. I'm great. I'm great. Uh, really happy about this episode. Um, looking forward to it, of course. How are you, Vlada? I'm great and ready to delve into a very interesting band. So today we're covering the band known as James. So Alexander, can you share a few pieces of information about James with us? Yes, I can, Vlada. So James, this is a band formed in Manchester in 1982. And this band has gone through a lot of lineup changes and ups and downs, especially in their uh, first, um, let's say, six years of existence. So, um, let me share a quick, let me quickly share a few facts about them. So, f firstly, um, they they were more of a live act, so they were kind of busy doing some jam improvisations and stuff. And they were even supporting The Fall, which is another uh, Manchester band. But when they hired their famous vocalist, uh, Tim Booth, um, he was initially, me initially meant to be their dancer, but uh, he would soon become their lead singer. Um, and then they kind of tried to, um, to establish themselves. And um, one night at a famous club called The Hacienda, that's that's a famous um, party place in Manchester. It's not active anymore, unfortunately. But uh, after having spoken to some of um, some of Mancunians, they really liked that place. So James were J James held a gig there, and um, a guy from the the famous Factory label, that's a famous label from Manchester, uh, also known as being the label for uh, for example Joy Division. Um, Tony Wilson from from the Factory Records approached them and offered them a deal, and they were kind of reluctant to it. So uh, they didn't want to produce um, didn't want to produce a, an, an LP, a full album, but instead they opted to make a three-pack EP deal. And uh, later on, they would they would kind of um, start making and releasing EPs. Uh, at one point, they were even uh, supporting the Smiths on some of their tours, but they weren't entirely um, impressed with with Factory Records. Despite Factory Records being really, uh, really impressed by them, and then uh, they struck a new deal and uh, continued to kind of try and find their place on the market and try to to gain some mainstream acknowledgement. Uh, they didn't succeed in that uh, with their first two albums. So, as I said, in some of their, in, I mean, most in most of their, um, uh, so to say, in, in the beginning of their period, of their uh, early years, they couldn't find that, that mainstream spot. But one day they decided to approach uh, Brian Eno, the famous producer, and uh, he suggested that they should kind of um, implement the atmospheric vibe. And that's what they did. And they also hired 
Um, they, they were quite simple when it comes to the lineup in the beginning, but then they hired a percussionist, um, also a trum trumpeter, and a lot of other sounds that you're able to hear in some of their albums that, that were kind of post, um, not post, but in the 1990s, where when they actually reached their peak. So um, that that's some quick facts. Effect, some quick facts about them. Um, they were they were pretty popular in the 90s, uh, reaching really high places on on charts. But uh, they decided to um, they decided to head in a different direction uh, in the 2000s. Uh, released an album that we're gonna talk about today in 2001, and after that they would disband and be inactive for the for the next six years or so. And finally, in 2007. They decided to uh, reunite, and nowadays they are still active, and so far they have released like 15 albums or so. So, a pretty rough uh, journey for these guys, but that doesn't mean that they, um, that they shouldn't be acknowledged or anything. Um, I have a little background story. Uh, personally, um, I support Manchester City football club or some of our listeners may call it soccer or association football and since I became a fan um, I've always wanted to explore the, the, the culture of Manchester and especially the music scene as we all know there are a lot of good bands from Manchester like the Smiths, Joy Division, Oasis but also James, uh, some of the Mancunians that I know uh, tend to mention James as a prominent band from, from their place, from their city and then one day I just decided to give them a listen, and as I always do, when I when I decide to discover a new band, I jump straight to their debut album, which is Stutter, and that now leads us to to the first band that we're gonna talk about. But Vlada, can you first tell us all the all? Can you tell our listeners all the records that we're gonna talk about today? Thank you, Alexander. That was a very nice overview. So today we're going to cover three records by James. Their debut album, Stutter, of course, that you've just mentioned. Their, uh, what many consider to be their best record, Late. And one of their, let's say, latter day records, Pleased to Meet You. So from three different eras of the band, we can say. Uh, Alexander, I have to say, before we delve into the first record here, I have one thing to say, okay? Um, what really puzzles me about this band is that they didn't get even more famous and more well-known, but I have a theory why that never came to fruition. I feel that the name James is infinitely stupid name for a band. I just don't get it. Why would you name your band James? I mean, this name just does not do them any justice what do you think oh that's an interesting point because they've gone through a lot of name changes i mean a bunch of names um have been with them that's really strange and another fun fact i know i don't know if it's fun or just odd uh actually none of their band none of their band members ever had the name james so I'm also curious about the 
the origin or you know how they came up with this with this uh, with this name so yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense yes and i think ultimately it's one thing that might have hurt this band and it might be one of the reasons why they don't have more listeners even though i'm fairly certain that this band has a very faithful following just going by the records and the overall quality of the records so let's start with the first one stutter a debut album so you mentioned in your overview how this band uh supported the smiths at one moment in their career and i have to say that this record sounds very much like the smiths but to be fair it doesn't quite sound exactly like the smiths it's not like they were trying to copy the smiths or ape their sound i think they were just positively influenced by that whole uh, Mancunian scene. And that's where um, the similarity comes from. So I really thoroughly enjoyed the sound of this record. Uh, what do you think about this parallel? Would you agree with me? I have to say, unfortunately, I'm not much familiar with the Smiths. And I, I know that many people consider it to be a sin. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, but this... Um, as I said uh, today, uh, this this record is my was my introductory to to James, and um, when I first played it, um, the feeling was really strange. And uh, I, when I finished the album, I said to myself, like, um, yeah, okay, this sounded okay, but not not exactly my thing. Uh, it sounded a bit too avant-garde. But I promised myself to uh, to give it another chance, and I did that um, like a week later. And that second time when I when I listened to to this record, it was like I don't know. I was like bitten by a, by a venomous snake, and ever since I've been enjoying this band so much. Um, I'm really, really impressed with everything, especially the singing. I think Tim Booth has so much to offer. Um, this record definitely is brutally uh, underrated, but you know that doesn't uh, affect me much. Um, yeah, a brilliant, a brilliant introduction, and uh, nothing really to to complain about this record from from my side, Lada. Well. Um, I kind of share your opinion here, except for one thing. I was instantly blown away by this record. I loved it as soon as I heard it. Perhaps it took me uh, two songs in to realize how good of a sound these guys had going back then. Of course, the Smiths comparison is inevitable, but I also felt they had a connection with all that post-punk movement around the time particularly with Echo and the Bunnymen and even U2, back when U2 was really cool, you know, for those of our listeners who can't stand Bono. Like you? Uh, no, but I, I, I like U2. Everybody knows that. I'm not going to hide that. But yeah, sometimes... I'm talking, about, do... uh, I'm talking about Bono, sorry. <laughs> Bono, he has his moments, let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> and talking about Bono... Um, uh, Tim Booth is kind of a similar singer to Bono. Like at times he even sounds a lot like Bono, but he also has, it seems like he has such a great vocal ability 
to transform his voice for different moods uh, to suit the song, whatever song he's doing, whatever song he's singing, he changes his voice to suit the song. He changes his tone, even his timbre a bit. So I really like that about him. Sometimes he even reminds me a bit of Nico from the Velvet Underground, and I really dug that as well. Um, what can I say? A great record uh, really, really blew me away, especially given that it's their debut album. Uh, they sound very competent here. Uh, the influences are obvious, but uh, at the same time, they're kind of quirky. They're very willing to experiment with the sound. They don't remain uh, uh, stagnant in any way. They're and, very and authentic. I, yes, very authentic. And I love that. So all the influences were positively incorporated into their own sound. Uh, there are some songs that really stand out for me lyrically as well. For example, we know that this was done in 1986 when Cold War was still um, a burning topic. And they did a really cool song about uh, Cold War uh, called, I think it's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's Billy's Shirts, where they have uh, two characters, Billy and Ivan. So clearly a Cold War reference, very uh, well done. Uh, the descriptions, like they talk about two people and how they put up certain walls around them in different ways, but nevertheless still maintain their walls, their barriers. Um, it sounds uh, great. The song itself is great, not just in terms of lyrics, but also in terms of melodies and singing. I uh, love the guitar work as well. There are some tracks where uh, the guitar kind of kicks in at the end and provides uh, some extra texture to the sound. And it's so uplifting. It's so beautiful. Love the guitar uh, work. Yes, me too. Another great track that I would like to single out among several great tracks, mind you. So, dear listeners, this is the kind of record that you want to listen to without skipping a single track. Absolutely. So Black Hole, Black Hole the, the closing track just blew me away. Oh, uh, yeah. Especially vocals. Um, I think it's about depression. I might be wrong, but that was my uh, impression while listening to it. So uh, what about you? What are your standouts? Oh, goodness. What a tough question. Um... I don't know. Uh, I mean, if dear listeners, if you if you you know want to explore this band and particularly this record, please listen to it, listen to it in its entirety, because there are so many great records, and uh, as one of the songs says, so many ways. Um, that's another standout track for me. Um, uh, I just want to add uh, something about your uh, statement uh, regarding their sound and uh, their influences. Given the fact that I'm not so familiar with the Smiths, uh, actually the only band that kind of uh, that, that kind of sounds similar to these guys is U2, from my perspective, and nobody else. M maybe I'm not familiar enough with with similar acts, but these guys just sound so so freaking authentic. And that's you know that's that's what absolutely blew me away. Um, 
So regarding the standout tracks, uh, to answer your question, Vlada, your your extremely difficult question, we we agree that the whole album is brilliant and Black Hole is a perfect ending to to the album. But uh, I will uh, single out Johnny Yen. Um, I also watched some uh, live versions uh, yesterday of this song and the engagement with the crowd and. The singing is everything is so top notch. Um, so yeah, that's that's my impression. And shall we now do the ratings, Vlada? All right. So for me, uh, a really strong album, very strong album, very enjoyable uh, on the first listen, practically. So I'm I'm thinking about giving it a rather high grade. So I'll, I'll go with 8.5. Okay, great. Um, for me, just because um, the the lineup uh, when it comes to the instruments was simpler compared to the, to the rest of their albums, uh, I'm going to give it a 9.5. I'm still amazed by this album. I still can't get enough of it. So... This is this is absolutely a, a huge recommendation from from me. Uh, I agree, and I mean ratings aside, I think if you're into post-punk, if you're into the Smiths, Echo, and the Bunnymen, maybe early U2, I think you cannot go wrong with this early James album. So it's a shame that they have the name James because I think they're worthy of a much better name as a band. So having said that, uh, let's proceed to... You know what? what sorry, brother. You know what really kind of annoys me? Whenever I want to search something uh, related to James on, I don't know, Google or, or YouTube, I always struggle with their name because when you type James, you get, you know, a bunch of surnames and a bunch of James totally... James <laughs> yeah, like that. So, it, yeah, maybe that really has something to do with, with their lack of popularity. But nevertheless, uh, uh, sorry for interrupting you. You can now carry on with uh, with the next album. Yes, thanks for your input. Um, so, the next album we're going to be talking about is Late. So, this album is special for being produced by one and only Brian Eno. And, you know, if you're familiar with the records that Brian Eno produced, uh, this will be instantly obvious. So unlike the previous record that we talked about, this one has a more ethereal sound, much more atmospheric, um, much more subtle in ways. So quite a different record, quite a departure from that previous one. Well, that does not come as a surprise, given that this is their fifth record so alexander what do you think about this one okay so this record unlike the previous one unfortunately um uh, this one actually blew me away right from the first two songs i think this album is a masterpiece in my eyes and arguably um one of the best music albums i've ever heard uh, i know that's a strong statement but i really I really stand behind it, so to say. I really, I, I'm firmly uh, sure about that. So, 
I really I really love this one. This is this is the type of record that when I play it, I don't want it to end. Um it's, uh, especially especially the atmospheric songs. There's so many great tunes. Uh, the guitar work is out of this world. Uh, the bass as well. I just want to quickly quickly mention that their bassist Jim Glenny, um, who is at the same time their um, uh, most uh, th th their most long-standing member, so to say, uh, and he's a Manchester City fan. Uh, he says that uh, he said that uh, his style of playing is uh, hugely influenced by punk. I I'm I know that his bass lines are simple, but I don't know they always match the atmosphere and the rest of the instruments so well. And uh, to me, this this particular record doesn't really sound punky at all. There's something special. I I don't know if my language skills uh, are good enough to to describe how much um, I like this um, this this record and. Um, I think that most fans, the, the most music fans in the world, know the song "Laid," the title track. And sorry, guys, but this is not the best track on this this album. Whenever I think of this album, um, the song "Laid" doesn't doesn't come to mind. Uh, there are a lot of good tracks uh, featured on, on this album. So, yeah, I, I'm you know, and and another thing that that I want to say about this album is. Um, I really set up a, a mood for for this album whenever I play it. So um, I just lay in my bed and close my eyes and and play this album and I don't move. So <laughs> that's how I that's how I approach this album. What about you, Vlada? Uh, again, I have to say I didn't quite like this one as much as the previous one, but it's nevertheless a really good record, very consistent, and I like the vibe that you get from it. Especially the Eno production is obvious. Again, beautiful singing on some tracks. Jim Booth to me is like the hero of this band, obviously, even though Tim Booth, as sorry. you pointed out. Mm, Tim it, Booth, yes, sorry yeah. guys. A as you pointed out previously, uh, the band itself sounds like a very tight unit. Uh, everyone has very tangible contributions. So this is what I really appreciate about them as well. Um, I have to say one thing. You mentioned the song Laid, the title track. I think this is absolutely the worst song on this record. Absolutely the worst. And I agree. It just, just sticks out like a sore thumb, you know? And I can see why that song became a hit. And it's kind of sad, again... This is the second thing that's very sad regarding this band. The first thing was their name. The second thing is the song Laid, which as popular as it was, and it, I'm sure it brought them a lot of money, it just, just doesn't quite match the atmosphere and the tone of, of the rest of the album and doesn't really give you a fair representation of what this band is all about. It takes uh, away you... it takes away the energy and the purpose of this album in my eyes. Yeah, it's very disruptive, I think. Um, it might be a fun, upbeat song, whatever, but this album is not very upbeat to begin with, and the mood of the other songs is very different. And, and I, I'll just say that 
I think mm, I'll need a couple of more listens to this album for it to truly sink in, even though I really enjoyed it from start to finish. but if I had to point out some tracks, that's kind of difficult again. But I really enjoyed yep. the last two tracks, Lullaby and Skin Diving. And, and these tracks follow late. And they're completely, utterly different. Thanks God. And, and uh, just beautiful, some falsetto singing there. Wonderful, uh, atmospheric guitar work. You know, reminiscent of something... Uh, Robert Fripp would do, for example. I really, really like this stuff. Uh, So again, a very good record. And, you know, so as I mentioned, two things that are unfortunate about this band. And the third thing that's very unfortunate is that uh, allegedly uh, Bono Vox had a twin brother who got kidnapped and lost. And this twin brother's resurfaced in uh, the band James and it's Tim Booth but he's he's an even better singer apparently what do you say well regarding his singing this is what i have to say tim booth is good enough is good enough to stand his own ground but when he combines his vocals with the rest of the guys when they all come together it's immediate goosebumps if you ask me and um i agree 100 percent. great singing a wonderful singer of course the bono thing uh is not an unfortunate thing all the comparisons that you can draw a bit with bono or some other singers are very favorable in in terms of tim boots overall uh range vocal range and uh his ability to express himself to match the tone of the songs so again great record alexander uh what are your highlights and what is your final rating here okay vlada again a very difficult question um the first track is brilliant out to get you also 50 and ps i love those again this this album has to be listened in its entirety from from A to B, uh, from A to to Z actually, um, and yes, it, it's a bit unfortunate about the song "Late." I think it kind of kills uh, the mood. And uh, another thing that I want to say as a negative, well, this is actually my first negative um, about this um, about this band. I just wish that their album cover covers were a bit more, let's say, creative or um, eye-catching. That's just my subjective view. And um, my final rating, uh, despite this, uh, <laughs> despite this weird track called "Late," I'm gonna give this album a 10 out of 10. Okay, I. Um... I also think it's a great record. I I wouldn't give it such a high rating though, so I'll settle with 8 out of 10. Even though I can recognize the potential for this record to grow on me, so I'll be listening to more of it and see how much I like it after a few more listens. But definitely a very good record, definitely worth your attention. Uh, So dear listeners... What is your take? What is your favorite James record? If you're a fan of the band, 
Uh, do you agree with our takes on these records? Is there anything you would add concerning their sounds? Uh, so let's hear it from you as well. I genuinely hope that we have some, Jace, some James fans listening to our pod. If we don't have them, we'll get them. We'll get to them eventually, I'm yes, pretty sir. sure. Yes, sir. And that leaves us with the last record for today. And now we're jumping to 2001. The record is called Pleased to Meet You. Okay, so, hmm, Alexander, what is your take? Okay, Vlada, so this, uh, this album, to be fair, it took me much more time to, uh, to start liking this album compared to the, to the previous ones that we talked about. And uh, I'm quite familiar with their 80s and early 90s work that, you know, in that period they produced a whole lot of brilliant albums. I have yet to discover uh, the 90s and obviously the, the 2000 and 2010s. 10s. Um, you know, these guys have released like 15 albums so far. Uh, but regarding this one, uh, what kind of... Um, th th there are two main reasons that um, made me uh, pick this this album. The first one obviously being that this is something completely um, different to what we're used to. So this is kind of a new era for James. Uh, that's the first reason. And, and the second reason is the album cover, uh, which is which is something that I really like here. Uh, it's simplicity and... Um, who, who is that guy? Do you know? That's one of the members. Um, oh, it is? Which one? I'm not sure exactly. And I have to say also that uh, the whole album uh, cover, it's, it's not just this pic that, that we often see, but uh, they took uh, pictures of all the band members. And that is, that, that is actually the whole album cover. So these portraits, I really like that idea, that simplicity. But the sound is a bit of a departure, and uh, this album reminds me of the New Order album called Get Ready. Uh, I don't think that it's a coincidence that both of those albums uh, were released uh, the same year, 2001. New Order, with that album, uh, kind of defined themselves as a electronic band and I think that's the direction where James went with this album more of a uh, electronic vibe as I just said um, less rocky so to say uh, the singing is uh, still great uh, I also like the addition of the violin um, and uh, overall a good record not great but I think I definitely need more time for this one um, and this is another record that uh, the famous Brian Eno produced. So, uh, what were your thoughts, Vlada? Oh, well, so, um, unlike the previous two records, this one is more flawed. Like, there are some uh, empty steps here. You know, there are some parts where I feel the band kind of, you know, went through the motions, didn't quite deliver. Uh, sounded a bit by numbers. Again, if you compare this to the debut album, it's clear that the band has evolved dramatically. You wouldn't even be able to tell it's the same band in most cases. 
which is not necessarily a bad thing, even though I really prefer their early sound, which is more quirky, more authentic, more experimental. This is more by numbers, kind of reminds me of uh, late day U2, some songs at least. Um, but I have to say the saving grace for this record is that there are several tunes which are just uh, really, really awesome. And you just need to have some patience to get to them, uh, especially I feel like the last, the last uh, three, three tracks, I think. Agreed. Uh, getting away with it in particular, a beautiful song, very melancholy, very poignant. I love that sound. Unlike some of the previous songs on this record, which are sort of ballads by number, this one seems to really uh, seems to really resonate with the listener. So I, I would uh, point that song out. Um, I don't know. This is a competent record, but nothing mind-blowing, except for a couple of cuts that are really good, that are clear standouts. Um, I also like some of the lyrics, um, like Junkie. I like the song Junkie for its lyrical content. Yes, it's great. Uh, Love that uh, one. But... But then there is a song called Senorita, which has completely inane lyrics, a completely inane chorus. Uh, like, so I don't know. It seems like the band, uh, you know, I think this is something that happens to bands when they get to that point in their career, where it's like their upteenth record, and they just don't have the time or patience to wait for the right songs to put together all pieces into a seamless whole. So they, they would rather record something subpar and that makes the record suffer for it. Um, also think that uh, this kind of CD era kind of, uh, uh, ruined a lot of records because of the longer playing time. You know, if you look at those early records, they are like 40 minutes long and now you have almost an hour of music, not all of which is up to the same standards. Yes, agreed completely. Um, yeah, this uh, I think this this record was meant to be uh, a switch and uh, something that would uh, bring um, more success with with a bit of a departure. But I think that most people have mixed reviews about this about this record. Um, there's a bit of inconsistency, and you, you've just made a, a great comparison between Junkie and Senorita. Uh, although I do like how Senorita sounds, uh, I'm not exactly, I'm not entirely uh, impressed with the lyrics. But some of, of the other songs on this album are clear standouts, really good tracks. And um, how do you like the fact that they sound, that they obviously sound less rocky and less let's say, punky, less raw compared to, let's say, Stutter? Uh, I don't think that's a problem. I think, uh, if anything, it shows that the band is capable of changing their sound, of uh, expanding their horizons, of introducing different assets, you know, to, to their sound. And I love that. That's what really graces a lot of great bands, especially from that era, I mean, let's take U2, for example. U2 has gone through so many changes 
And while some people might hate them for it, I think they definitely benefited from that approach as a band. And the same can be said about James. Uh, I just wish the record was more consistent. That's all. I just wish they had maybe taken more time to write a couple of better songs. Maybe they couldn't. Uh, it's easy for us as uh, critics to talk about that as if it was something that could easily be achieved. But as you know, these artists have a really hard time coming up with something special. And it takes a, a huge amount of talent to do so. And having said that, it seems like guys from James definitely possess that talent. And there are some songs here on this record that clearly show that. So I don't want to sound too harsh, but that's my only complaint that this record is not quite as consistent as the previous two we were talking about. Yes, completely agree. So, Lada, let's conclude our James talk um, with our ratings and our standout tracks. Uh, as you've mentioned, Junkie and Getting Away With It, uh, absolute standouts, uh, in my opinion. But, uh, in order for me to not, you know, repeat myself, uh, I will also single out the opening track, Space. Uh, I thought... Uh, the first, I don't know, the first minutes or so of the song isn't as good, but later on, um, you you are definitely, if you if you listen to this song, if you are patient, just like Vlada said, you need patience for this for this record. If you're patient enough, uh, you'll definitely hear some some really nice tunes, and that's definitely the thing with the opening track. And my and my final rating, um, I wasn't obviously as impressed. Uh, with this record co compared to the previous ones and also compared to uh, all of their 80s and early 90s records um, But I'm gonna give it an 8 out of 10 back to you Vlada so um, I was thinking about seven or seven and a half and I think I'll I'll be a bit more generous and give it seven and a half since now uh, looking back at some of the previous episodes Perhaps Mumford and Sons didn't quite deserve the six that I gave them. Oh. Uh, but, you know, that's the problem with, with the ratings. It's not that easy to work them out. You know, you also don't want to be too harsh because all of these bands possess some kind of talent and they put in a lot of effort into it. But definitely, I would say this is a good record, albeit flawed. So, uh, 7.5. As, uh, as I said, the best tracks are near the end, especially getting away with it. So that's the track I would definitely single out. Perfect. Okay, we're now approaching the end of this episode. Um, guys, thanks again for listening to our show. Please uh, discover this band. I'm really curious to know. Uh, the only people that I know uh, are talking about this band are some Mancunians, uh, because obviously they're from the same place and they've had the chance to, to watch these guys live, but looking at their social media and overall presence presence in the media, I don't think these, these guys are quite mainstream, which is definitely not uh, a bad thing, but uh, I would really like to hear more uh, feedback and more kind of uh, comments about, about this band. So Vlada, what is your final word? Again, um... A very nice vibe today. We had a chance to cover a really quality act that is not talked about enough. 
So I'm, I'm really happy about your choice, Alex. Um, I also want to give a huge shout out to all our patrons, uh, Kelly, Asha, Stephanie, and Diana Yanko, and our new patron, Stefan. Uh, thank you guys and for David your as support. Well. And David. David is our great supporter from day one. Uh, and thank you guys for your support. It means a lot to us that you... Uh, keep listening to our episodes, that you take active interest in what we're doing. Um, very soon, we will have a special poll based on the suggestions by some of our patrons. So stay tuned for that. We will be choosing the artists to cover between several suggestions. Uh, also, um, we have some special treats for you. Considering that this is our 10th episode, we decided to provide some extra content. We don't want to spoil the surprise. So please stay tuned and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages. You will get all the information there as well as some teasers. So keep track of that as well. Um, if you're interested in becoming our patron, there are many perks that come with it. So you can also take a look at the perks um, on our Patreon page as well as on our Facebook page. So you may want to look that up as well. So, Alexander, we have come to the end. Um, any last words for our listeners? Yes, I have a fun facts to share. Um, you know, uh, Deezer sends us monthly uh, reports about uh, our... Um, our let's say favorite bands or bands that we listened uh, that we listened to the most in the previous month. You know that you know those email reports. I didn't get any. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing out on them. Yeah. Okay. So Deezer sends monthly uh, reports and stats, and from August uh, up until uh, May, uh, there was one band that was always. Uh, Mo the, the most featured band uh, that was that was Oasis, but the band that actually broke that streak in May was James. That's a that's that's how I that's how how I would describe my love for this band. I'm really happy that we did that we've done an episode about them. So, guys, thanks a lot again. Stay tuned for more updates, and we'll see you in a week. Stay tuned and see you soon. Okay. Take good care of yourself. Bye.